Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Print Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, today joined by Sarah Gon. Let's get into our first news story of today, and this is about Minister of Public Enterprises Praveen Gordon and his extremely bizarre behavior around the South African Airways Takatsu Consortium deal. So back in 2021, SAA, which was on the verge of completely falling apart, government suddenly announced that there was this great initiative where they were going to sell 51% of South African Airways to this group called the Takatsu Consortium, uh, who would then invest a large amount of money, 3 billion rand over the next three years. And so the airline would stay in business. Um, things have not really gone to plan. SAA continues to lose money despite budgeting to make a profit this year. And a lot of details about the sale, which I don't think has been fully completed yet in any means, uh, remain very murky and mysterious. Things got more mysterious when on Wednesday, yesterday, Ravin Gordon appeared before the Committee on Public Enterprises to present documents relating to the sale. However, he he wanted the, the, the meeting to be held in Parliament in camera and actually kicked the media out so that they couldn't see it. Um, the DA, at some point, who, one of their members of the, that committee uh, attempted to get the documents of sale since March 2024 and, in fact, submitted a protection of information, access to information a request to Praveen Gordon, which the DA says was completely ignored. And so the question is raised, Sara, what exactly is going on with the SAA and why is Gordon being so secretive about it? It's, it's very strange because this is not his first rodeo with the uh, with the committee. Um, and, I mean, the nature of the organization is, is it, everything about it is meant to be done transparently. It's, 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 it's a pub, literally a public enterprise. And one can only assume that to go to the lengths of asking for the press not to be there and for non-disclosure agreements to be signed by the members of the committee, he's either you know, gone way beyond his depth and, and there's some very strange things just because he probably may not know what he should be doing or it reveals something that, you know, would not look good. It's just so odd. And to, be, and to constantly, you know, try and say, well, you know, it's private and it's, conf it's confidential repeatedly, um, it, 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 the pressure is just going to up on him. And I, I think now the UDM has now called for 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 the president to fire him and frankly i mean if 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 we've had this little sort of tango going on since 2021 what are we now 3 years later i don't see this deal ending up getting anywhere it'll be collapsed rather than reveal whatever it is it's not supposed to he's not he doesn't want to reveal very odd yeah i think that whenever anything drags on like this and then when there's so much secrecy and weirdness going on I suspect that this is probably going to be revealed to be some sort of huge scandal or mess or some sort of <laughs> complete disaster in the not-too-distant future. So I think uh, the media and the public should keep a very close eye on this one because I will not be surprised if something very nasty comes out about what is being negotiated here um, with regards to this deal. I think also, I think Gordon has probably thought that, you know, he's quite the sort of tough guy known to have the reputation for being for being clean. And I think he hoped to sort of get by that way. And something's obviously gone wrong. He, he just can't. Yeah, exactly. He can't present it. 
I think this may, in fact, in many ways, be the death of that image of cleanness that uh, Gordon has managed to maintain for quite a long time. Okay, let's move to another part of the country. This is Ward Ford in uh, Ward Four in the Govanambeki municipality in Pumalanga. This is west of the town of Secunda. And there was a by-election because the previous councillor, I believe, was assassinated. Uh, not an unusual story, unfortunately, in particularly the east of South Africa. And previously, this ward had been won by the ANC. Uh, they, however, faced a very tough candidate um, from an a very tough challenge from an independent candidate. They got forty-four percent of the vote. Uh, they only got forty-four percent of the vote. The candidate, the independent candidate, got uh, around thirty percent of the vote. The EFF came in third with 18, and uh, the DA won 7% in this area. Well, the by-election was held, and the ANC improved their margin, growing from 44% to 51%, um, although that's still lower than they got on the proportional representation vote. The EFF was at 18, at down from their proportional representation vote to 26%. The IFP grew very slightly um, from... 1% to 3%. Uh, the DA didn't stand in this ward. And the major beneficiary um, in the ward seems of, of most of the independence votes, but also taking probably a bit from the ANC and the EFF was the MK party. This is the first by-election that they have contested outside of KZN. So far, they have not managed to win any by-elections. However, uh, the MK party has managed to have, shall we say, a pretty reasonable debut in a bunch of uh, these by-elections, winning you know, more than 30% of the vote, more than 20% of the vote, and a whole bunch, which for a new party and a party that seems to have um, relatively large geographic appeal is quite an impressive number. It suggests that they will definitely get into parliament at the very least. Sara, what do you make of this? Um, one way to look at it is that this is an impressive debut for the MK party. They're a serious contender in Pumalanga and KZN for a share of the vote. Another way to look at it is that the MK party got to choose this battleground and they still mm. didn't, despite the fact that uh, they've had some good polling and they've been in the news a lot. What do you make mm. of this? You know, it's, 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 it's kind of odd. I'm, I'm attributing it um, with no great expertise to the fact that it's, it's Jacob Zuma's face plastered all over it. So it, it's, as a result, it's going to appeal to a, a voter who wants tradition or the traditionalist vote, even if whether they like Jacob Zuma's representative something rather than Jacob Zuma the person, I don't know. But I am kind of bemused by the. So I think that I think that element is there. I think without a doubt, it's a kind of it's the sort of adult version of the EFF on the more traditionalist side. Um, and I think in that respect, Jacob Zuma has this bizarre appeal, despite the fact that he actually helped, he actually caused the country to be driven into the ground, subsequently sort of exacerbated by Cyril Ramaphosa. Um, but, I mean, I, I just kind of wonder what happens when national and provincial elections are held and on the ballot is the party, but every party has to have the face of its leader and it can't be Jacob Zuma because he's not the leader of the party. I mean, the fact that, the ANCs had no more courage then to just suspend him and have him, him kick them in the teeth uh, is another story altogether. But I think it's much 
it's much easier in the circumstance of a very new, otherwise very new party to make the seeming headway at local government level than it would at provincial and national. Maybe I'll be proved wrong, but, you know, if you think about the fact that the majority of South Africans are are urbanised now, they're, they're, they're no longer, the majority, the ANC is, it has very much become a rural party and most South Africans do not live in rural areas. So I think the proof is not yet of the pudding. We haven't yet done much of the eating. I think it is becoming uh, likely that in KZN and maybe Eastern and Pumalanga, the ANC will probably be the main uh, party that loses out to MK. But then in many other rural parts of the country that uh, the EFF will actually probably lose to MK, that people who don't want to vote for the ANC because they want something perhaps a bit more radical or want something more oppositional, um, but don't live in the cities, might start looking at MK rather than maybe the EFF, which some of them voted for last time. I think particularly in KZN where the EFF actually saw quite a lot of its growth in the last mm. elections, um, that uh, the MK is seriously going to eat their lunch, so to speak. Okay, um, let's move on to our last story. And this is on uh, Wednesday, a number of um, municipal workers from SAMU went on strike for the second day in a row um, because they are demanding wage parity with other municipalities. In Eteguini, according to the union, a general worker earns about 10,000 rand a month the union says this is unfair because in other municipalities, such as Twine and Ekurileni, general workers earn about 13900 And they say that this sort of pattern of uh, being paid less than other municipalities is pretty common across the whole municipal structure. But, I mean, there are several questions here to be raised. Firstly, I mean, you know, different cities have different living costs. I'm not sure who's the beneficiary here, but, uh, I, you know, I don't see any mention of that in this discussion. And... I would also like to remind municipal workers in Durban that um, Tswane is bankrupt, as in it can barely function at all. Uh, Ekraleni uh, is also not doing fantastically. Um, so it really doesn't seem like a good idea to push for, you know, wage wage bill the same as those municipalities, considering that wage bills have been a big part of why those municipalities have gone into mm -hmm. financial trouble. What do you make of this, Sarah? Well, it, it's a sort of um, it's, it's a slightly funny, damp squib. This because um, by all accounts, it has there hasn't been much of a stay away. So I think that's that's sort of code for no one noticed they were on strike, um, and you know municipalities will be affected by their incomes. And I don't imagine Durban is on parity with even whatever income Kirileni Chwani uh, makes. Um, and of course, you know, that I can understand the the feeling of unfairness, but I think it's more a case of that the people who are earning, the general workers who are earning in Chwani and Kerileni should be earning less, not that people in Etiquini should be earning more. Um, so I think this is going to land, not going to land fairly well, not going to land terribly well. Um, but what it does indicate is that we are reaping what uh, what the ANC has sown in terms of inflated public sector wages, um, although this you know municipalities are not falling into the same category as provincial and and national employees who fall under are considered the public service. Um, I mean, the sort of shenanigans that have gone in at, at municipalities on wages 
for skills that just haven't been apparently present. Um, it's it's it can carry on until the next municipal elections, but the provincial and national elections, I think, are going to may well, if they depending on what sort of results we get, could well challenge that uh, that long running theme of overpayment. Definitely. I think this kind of shows that sort of quite out of touch. I mean, not just with uh, the financial situation that so much of the country finds itself in, but also what ordinary people are being paid. A very large chunk of this country's population would kill to earn 10,000 rand a month. Um, and also the, the, municipal, the municipal workers have um, relatively high security of employment. If you're in the private sector, exactly. you know, and... Exactly. and have to be cut that includes retrenchment exactly and we're not talking about super skilled jobs here either when we talk about general workers um so anyway completely out of touch but um i think we've this is kind of what we've come to expect from so many of south africa's unions um which seem to live in a completely different world where they pretend like they are the most oppressed of all working groups in the country even as they continue to drain the fiscus through yeah. enormous amounts of overpayment. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you found the show interesting. We will see you tomorrow again on the Daily Print Show. Cheers, everyone. That's a wrap.